0: Morning, church family. This is excellent. Man, I'm excited to be up here. This is excellent. So great to see each of you. Uh, so great to see our room as full as we can get it, pretty much. Uh, the rest- restrictions on capacity, are those, those numbers are going up. Great to have so many of you with us in person. Uh, a joy to worship with you a bit ago and lift our voices in song. Um, I was lifting my eyes Uh, up to Jesus but also looking around a little bit and just thankful for um, what Jesus has done for us hallelujah for the cross and looking around and thankful for what God is doing in our family and our church family and uh and and looking around and thankful for you so thanks for being here and to you joining us online too welcome. As, uh, as they already have said, we're glad that you join us online as well, especially while that is still the best and safest uh, option for your health. And then when that's not, when that changes, we look forward to having you back with us in person because uh, it has been a joy to gather together, right? Well, my, if I didn't say so, my name is Derek. I'm one of the pastors here and we're really glad that you're with us. And um, we've got some, I, I think we've got a lot in store here this morning with the rest of our time together and what God has for us. So Um, here's how we'll start I was thinking about this that if you were to look in the first few pages of your Bible God and his people were together and doing great if you looked at the last few pages of your Bible God and his people were together and they're doing great does that ever make you wonder what the deal with our experience on this side of eternity is then what's going on now What's the deal with what we're experiencing in our lives? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, the first humans, Adam and Eve, lived in harmony with God and in an idyllic setting. At the end of our Bible, we're reminded that Jesus will return and set everything right. Hallelujah for the cross. And hallelujah for his return. And in the meantime, life comes at us, doesn't it? In the meantime, life comes at us. We know that after the beginning and after that idyllic setting and after God has created all things, sin entered the world, what we call the fall, the entrance of sin into the world and and things are broken and not as they should be. And so our lives include the fact that things keep coming at us like hardship and trial and suffering and pain and difficulty and hurt. What do we do with that? What do we do with that? And too often... Think about what you do with it when hurt comes at you, when difficult circumstances come at you. Too often, don't we take our frustration and sadness and disappointment? And if you're like me, too often we allow that to cause us to spiral down into bitterness or anger or rejection of God. We want to do something different, don't we, church family? When those things come at us, what if we ask God's help this morning to move through the brokenness of this world in a new and better way? Let's do that together this morning. We've all been dealing with a lot. I I can say that across the board in this room and those of you watching online, we've all been dealing with a lot. I know that my family and I have. This last season of life has been extremely difficult for many reasons. I said many reasons. I said many areas of life, not just the one. And and I know that you all relate. I think there's things that we are all dealing with and that we all relate to. The difficulties in our culture in the last year or two, the political polarization, the racial tension. These are things that face all of us. Uh, There are things that we all relate to, related to um, uh, the difficulties in our church. There are things that that we all relate to regarding the impact and the consequences of the COVID pandemic whether this has impacted you in this way or that way or that way the covid pandemic has been difficult you have individual reasons big things that are going on in your individual lives some of which i know and some i don't some of which the brothers and sisters near you know and some of that they don't know things like that, that that we experience in a family like loss and death and divorce and hurts and pains and then there's and you know what There's a lot of smaller hurts, too, aren't there? There's big things. There's big things in our lives. There's things that are really difficult to understand and to to figure our way through. But there's also a lot of little things. There's daily difficulties, things that are hard, things that are painful, things that are not as they should be. What do we do with all that? What do we do with all that? Uh, we are going to start this morning, yes, we are going to come back and keep shipping away at Ephesians, but this morning we're going to start a four-week series called Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. This morning, this is something that myself and other leaders took a look at and felt like this is something that God, I know this is something that God is doing in my life and helping with me with, And so my hope is that it's something that God is doing and that will help all of us with. We're going to take four weeks and do this series called Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. It's inspired by and adapted straight from a book of the same title by Mark Rogrip. And I'm just going to give him a bunch of credit right up front here, and I'm going to give him a bunch of credit every week because God has been changing me and teaching me from his word, the Bibles, first and foremost, as I go to him. And then one of the tools that God has used in... To help me along is this, pastor, is this book by a pastor, uh, author Mark Vrogrup, um, of that title. And uh, you'll see that the subtitle of the book there is Discovering the Grace of Lament. And so we're going to take four weeks to think about this, to ask God to show us what is lament? What's it all about? How do we do it? What would be the purpose of learning to lament? Uh, some of you know that I just returned from... Um, several weeks away, a time of, of respite leave, of emergency leave, to rest and recover and to be with my family and to prioritize my relationship with Jesus and to seek care and counseling in different ways. And one of the things that Amy and I, my wife and I, were able to do was go to Texas for a few days for a pastoral intensive counseling session. The two of us and two trained counselors, actually from Crossroads Resolution Group, the same group that helped us navigate our difficulties, Uh, highly trained to work with pastors and wives on the difficulties and the suffering and the things that they have endured and help them to seek God in the midst of it. And so as part of that pastoral intensive, this book was very recommended to us, and that's because, more importantly, the idea of lament was recommended to us. That to get through what we've been through, that to continue to trust in God and to look to him no matter what, an uh, an option for Amy and I's healing and recovery was to um, pursue learning lament and adding that to our lives. So why would we do that? Why would that be the recommended book? Why would that be the recommended topic? Because suffering is an opportunity to learn. So I want to suggest that to all of you too because none of us really jump for joy at at suffering lives. None of us run to the sign-up sheet for I'd like to suffer so I can learn. But suffering is an opportunity to learn. Friends, we can do this unhealthy or we can do this healthy. We can can move past and pretend it didn't happen or we could ask God to help us process it and see what he has for us. Are you with me on that? We We could revert back to our own way or figure out what God's way is we could do the things that we always do in our own way according to our own flesh and our own desires, or we could learn what it looks like to lean on and depend on the Holy Spirit of God that lives within us. Followers of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit of God living within you, changing you from the inside out, making you into a new person. And rather than I I want to, instead of leaning in my own ways and doing things the way I've always done them, I want to submit myself to God and I want to bring you with me. I want to ask you to submit yourselves to God that we would learn what it means that we to live by and walk by and and obey the indwelling Holy Spirit of God. That's what we want to do. So what do we do with all that pain and suffering? We talked about the examples and the things that I know you're going through and the things I don't know you're going through. What do we do with all that? Enter Biblical lament. This is what we want to do with all that. Lament is a prayer in pain that leads to trust. The author puts it that way, that lament is a prayer. That's important. It's a prayer. It's talking to God. And it's a prayer that, that occurs while we're in pain of difficulty and adversity and suffering and antagonism. And, and it ultimately leads us to trust. Church family. Let's ask God to help us learn healthy biblical lament. Humbly and honestly going to God, expressing our grief, expressing sorrow, expressing disappointment, and asking him what we do with that. What does he want for us in the midst of pain and difficulty and disappointment and sorrow? It, it, we can even go to him, we're going to talk about, in complaint we can even go to him with questions, but it comes from humility and honesty and wanting to turn to God. Now, when I bring up the topic of lament, I said, we're going to start a four-week series, and then I told you what it was about, and then some of you went, mm. We could think, we could, the word lament could come to our mind, and we could go, wah, wah, wah. Lament, sadness. The author also says this. Lament is the path from heartbreak to hope. Church family, catch this part. Lament is the path from heartbreak to hope. Church family, God is at work in our church family. There is a sense of hope for the future. I am hearing that from God. I am hearing that from many of you. God is working in and through us. Many of us are seeing that God is doing a new thing at Faith Church. I believe that as God leads us forward, learning and understanding biblical lament, adding, adding that to our tool belt, if you will, let's ask God in these four weeks to add lament to our spiritual growth package. Our tool belt of, of, of things that we have at, our, at ready, at our disposal, to use us in helping to get closer to God. Are you with me? So I wanna ask God to help us add lament to our tool belt. And adding lament to our tool belt doesn't have to be a depressing downer. Lament is not despair. Lament is not despair. I believe that today and in the coming weeks and months and years until Jesus returns, I believe that in the coming days and months and years of faith church, that we can learn to lament and fix our eyes on Jesus and follow him into a hopeful future. Those two things don't have to be counter to each other. Does that make sense? So I'm excited. Can you tell? I I think God's got something for us here. So everybody buckle up. Buckle up for this Sunday. Buckle up for the next three. And um, let's ask God what he's got for us. Lament is a prayer in pain. That leads to trust. This is, this is the overview statement. We'll come back to it all four weeks. That kind of reminds us some key things right in that statement. Lament is a prayer in pain that leads to trust. We're going to do four weeks of this. Today and three more Sundays. And each Sunday, we're going to highlight one component of a lament prayer. As you read your Bible, as you read through the Psalms, about, uh, there's 150 Psalms in your Bible, in the book of Psalms. About one-third of the psalms are lament psalms. And as you read through the lament psalms, this author is suggesting that we'll most often we'll find these four components of lament. Not always, maybe it won't be as noticeable in some, maybe one will be missing, but but, you know, generally, we'll find these four components in lament. And I wanna quickly overview them, so you'll know all four, just the quick idea. And then today, we're going to concentrate on the first one. Okay, so today, our emphasis is going to be to turn to God in prayer, to keep going to God. So you're going to see, I'll I'll kind of give a phrase on the the screen, turn to God in prayer, and then we're going to go through the four components, and there's even kind of a one-word way to remember this, okay? Uh, It's not on the back screen, so I'm having to turn around. Uh, So sorry about that. Turn to God in prayer. That's what we're going to discuss today. Next Sunday, bring your complaints. Bring your complaints is a component of a lament prayer. The third week, ask boldly. Calling a, uh, oh, let me back up about the complaints one. Sorry. Bring your complaints. Let me guess. If, if, one of you, uh, if, if one of you has been hurt by someone, I'm sure you've never, uh, wait, wait, that's not what I want to say, that's later. <laughs> uh, bring your complaints. I'm sure this is not one where we need a lot of instruction. Anybody feel pretty good already at complaining? Okay, yeah. There's a way to do it and still honor God. There's a way to do it that lament even invites us to do. So we're going to learn that. Um, godly complaint expresses our disappointment. It gives voice to our tough questions, but it's coming from humble honesty. It's coming from humility. It's, it's not complaining to complain. It's uh, complaining as we seek God and desire God to help us through. Okay, now, the third week, ask boldly ask boldly might sound straightforward, and it kind of is. It's, it's, it's ask God for help, but it's a little bit more than that. What I think is interesting when we get to this week, when we focus on that in the third week, is that it's calling upon God to do something. And sometimes in the laments, it even sounds like a command, hey God, do this. But you know why it's not offensive to God or why it's not an affront to God? It's because what it is, is it's a bold request that is in accordance with what we know to be true about God and who he is and what he's promised to do. You see what I'm saying? It's a bold request of what God has already said he is and does. God, we know you this, so, so do it. <laughs> we need you to do that. We need you to act. That's bold questions. Or, yeah, asking boldly. And then the last week is choose to trust. Instead of suffering, instead of what we're going through, instead of our hardships in life um, causing us to stay stuck and wah, wah, wah in complaints and never get away from our difficult questions, those things are allowed. They're They're part of lament. But instead of staying stuck there, a lament prayer ends with choosing to trust so that our heart's posture, so that our posture toward God is shifted toward trust. Keeping the faith no matter what the circumstances seem to tell us, right? So now, uh, caution, whoop, 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 whoop. Caution, you just heard heard four components, right? You just saw on the screen, it kind of looked like a list, right? Whoop, whoop, whoop. Caution, this is not four easy steps to a pain-free life. This is not pray this prayer and everything's going to be great. I don't want you to get that out of today. I don't want you to get that out of this series. Um, This is not checklist religion. This is not A, B, C, D, magic solution to my problems. Not sure why I just went high. That was fun. (laughs) My kids love when I sing in my falsetto. I'll spare you. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. This is not four easy steps to a pain-free life, and we want to be careful to not use those steps to manipulate God into the outcome we're looking for. It's the posture of where we're coming from, right? A lament prayer is is to conform us to what God is doing. A lament prayer is to remind our hearts and minds What is true about God and where we want to end up is choosing to trust. A lament prayer is not, "Mm, if I do this, I think I can make God behave. Whoa. (laughs) No, not that. Because, so that's what lament is not. Lament is rooted in what we believe. It comes right out of our theology. Theology is what we believe to be true about God. And, and, And lament is rooted in what we believe. God's people... Christians, we believe that life, our earthly journey through life, is broken, right? We talked about this earlier, that things are not as they should be because of the entrance of sin into the world. We agree that life is broken, but that God is good always, all the time, all those things, and his purposes prevail. We believe that life is hard. We believe that things are broken, but we also know that God's good purposes Prevail. And so, lament is how we live between the hard light, the things of life that are hard and difficult, and trusting in God's sovereignty. It's how we live between those two things of, of life. Lament is, is what stands in the gap between pain and promise. Lament is what stands in the gap right up there between the pain of life's difficulties. And the promise that God is good and his purposes prevail. Lament is a way to teach us to lean into God. To depend on him. To entrust ourselves to God no matter our circumstances. Is that an area that you would like to grow in? I'm right with you. Do we want to learn, church family, to entrust ourselves to the one who judges justly no matter what we are facing? I think that on this side of eternity this side of before we see Jesus face to face, that that may be what God has for us with our earthly journey, is to learn to trust him no matter what. Lament is a prayer in pain that leads to trust. So we ready to ask God to show us how to lament? Okay, open your Bibles and turn to Psalm chapter 77. Uh, You are gonna see that I am not gonna put the verses of Psalm 77 on the screen. And that is because at Faith Church, we love to have our Bibles in our lap. We love to keep our finger in the text. We love to keep our finger in the text to see that what God has to say to us is from God through his word. And so we'd love you to bring your Bible each week, we'd love you to open it on your lap and follow along as we study God's word together. Open your Bible up to Psalm 77. Psalms is a big book in the middle of your Bible. If you flip through the middle of your Bible, you'll find Psalm and then turn to number 77. And we're going to use Psalm 77 this morning to take a closer look at that first component that we mentioned. Remember, there's four components, one every week. Today, the emphasis is on turn. If, we, if you want to just remember it one word at a time, it's turn, complain, ask, trust. Turn, complain, ask, trust. Today, we're emphasizing turn, the reminder that, we, that a lament prayer keeps us coming to God, keeps us turning to him. Because... We've been over it and over it this morning. There are various causes to our difficulties. There are various causes to the pain and the suffering that we do. And you know what the common denominator is? The common denominator is sin. Our sin has, diff- has consequences and brings about difficulty. The sins of others have consequences and bring about different difficulties and pains and hardships. But really, it's what we talked about earlier. That, that at the beginning, God and his people were together and things were great. But because of the entrance of sin into the world, just the presence of sin is what is underlying all the pains that we experience. All the pain and trial and suffering that we experience is, is, uh, is, a, is the underlying aspect is the reality of sin. There is a foundational brokenness to our world, to our experience of this journey on earth. There is a foundational brokenness and that brokenness is because of the presence of sin. Things are not as they should be. So lament, as you'll see now, as we get going into Psalm 77, lament begins with turning to God even when we're in pain, even when these things are coming at us, even when these, and we're experiencing these trials and hardships. Psalm 77, verse 1. I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and he will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, night, my right hand is stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. Um, I'm sure none of you, when you've been hurt by someone, has given them the silent treatment. We're all way above that, I'm sure. Right? When you, hurt by someone... I'm sure you've never given them the silent treatment. Well, that's what this first component, turn, is a reminder. It's a reminder to not give God the silent treatment. No matter how we feel, no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through, in pain, we still talk to God. In pain, we still reach out to him. By discipline, if that's what it takes, you go to prayer even if you're not sure you really feel like talking to God. You turn to him. It takes, and you know what? That takes faith. That's an expression of faith. If you can turn to God and go to him, no matter the circumstances that are stacked up against you, no matter the sin of others that is negatively impacting you, no matter what you've done and the consequences and the fallout, It's an expression of our faith. It shows belief in God if we just keep turning to him. We could turn away. The author, Mark Vrogrup, says that giving God the silent treatment is the ultimate manifestation of unbelief. So going to him, even in our pain, is an expression of faith, of belief. Giving God the silent treatment is is an expression of unbelief. So it's better to lament than to be silent. And then listen to this quote from the book too. He says, to cry is human, to lament is Christian. Humans relate to crying. We cry or we shout out, or, and it's our expression of, of it's usually in a, when we cry out, when we shout, when we, when we he, he points out, when we come into the world as babies, we cry. And it's an alert to things that are not right. This is not cool. Things are not as they should be. So to cry is human. But what he's saying here is that to lament is Christian, is to take that cry and conform it with our theology, conform it with what we know about God, and to go to him. Easier said than done, Derek. The struggle is real, right? Going to prayer uh, while you're in pain is that top of your list all the time. It's not top of my list. It has not come most naturally to me to keep going to God in prayer when I'm in pain. And so uh, the struggle is real. It's not easy to pray while in, uh, in pain. So one of the things we're encouraged here in this first component of turning to God is that you pray your struggles, God can take it. You can be honest. Pray your struggles. Let's keep going. Look at uh, verse 2 again. Psalm 77, starting at the end of verse 2, and then I'll read a couple more verses. My soul refuses to be comforted, he's praying to God. When I remember God, I moan. I meditate. My spirit faints. You hold my eyelids open. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. Does it sound like this man's prayer of lament has brought instant relief or resolution to the problem? When I think of God, I moan. Who knows how long this process was for the psalmist? By the way, I want us to be encouraged about that. The psalmist might work through the four components really neatly in this written prayer that we can read, and we can see him end in trust. But who knows how long the process was for this psalmist? Who knows what life he experienced before he could get himself to choose trust at the end? You see what I'm saying? There's a life experience here that the psalmist is expressing, he's giving us words to put into our experiences. Do we think that he just wrote this in one sitting and then everything was all better? Probably not. So we need to be okay with this being a process. We need to be okay with God at work in our lives over the long haul. We need to know that, uh, that, this, that these four components may not all happen neatly in, in one sitting, but that God is with us. Again, the book has this, lament is the song that you sing, believing that one day, God will answer and restore. Notice it says one day. It doesn't necessarily say right now or tomorrow morning. Lament is the song you sing, believing that one day, God will answer and restore. And so in the meantime, the psalm continues, Psalm 77. In the meantime, he's expressing this to God. He's not comforted. He's in discomfort. He, and in the meantime, the psalmist begins to ponder and reflect on things he knows. Verse 5. I consider the days of old. He starts thinking back. What has he known? What has he seen from God? What has he experienced? Verse 6. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit made a diligent search. So the psalmist, the writer, is beginning to think back and he's beginning to reflect and he's beginning to ponder what God has done. And you know what that leads him to? In this psalm, as we continue into verse 7, it leads him to some pretty pointed questions for God. So here's another encouragement. We already said, pray your struggles. We also see here in Psalm 77, we can pray our questions the psalmist reflected back on what he knew to be true about God, and it brought up some pretty pointed questions for God. Verse seven. Will the Lord spurn forever? Will he never again be favorable? Has God's steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? Any of you willing to say you've prayed questions along those lines? I'm sure I have. And hopefully it was coming from a humble and honest heart. Have we ever prayed those or similar questions? But here's the question to ask following that. When you see those questions in verse seven and following, if you've prayed them, or if the psalmist prayed them, do you think that we actually believed those things were true about God? I don't don't think so. I don't think the psalmist actually believes those questions are true about God. He's hurting. And, and, and he's frustrated and he's disappointed, so he's being honest. But I think, again, lament is an expression of our belief in who God is and what he's done and what he's promised to do. And so his questions are, are, are tough, kind of pointed questions. And yet, it, it, hopefully, there's an underlying belief in what God wants to do. It's okay, but here's what we get by reading many lament psalms, is, is you should get some permission to be honest with God. It's okay to read these psalms and go, yeah, okay. God put this in my Bible to show me that I can pray this way. And it can include complaint and questions if we ask in humility. So remember, today, um, the the component that we're emphasizing, the aspect of lament prayers that we're emphasizing is this idea of turn. The four are turn, complain, ask, trust. Today, we're emphasizing turn, this idea that we want to keep turning to God in prayer, so that when we continue in prayer, that will lead us through the hurt. It'll lead us through the complaints. It'll lead us through the questions uh, with when, as we look for reminders of what we know to be true about God. Verse 10. Then I said, I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord, Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. See, it's, it's taking him back to what he knows to be about, true about God. In the midst of whatever you're going through, in the midst of our pain and suffering, in, in, the, pit, in the midst of all that we're, uh, uh, is up against us, there comes a point when we need to bring to mind what we know to be true about God. And remind ourselves, preach it to ourselves, remind us of God's goodness and of his purposes and his promises. There comes a point when we need to remind ourselves of God's character and what he's done for us in the past and what we've read in his word that he's done for God's people. Verse 13, your way, O God. And when we do that, when we look to who God is, look at the kind of things we hear. Look at the kind of things that God brings to mind. Verse 13, your way, O God is holy, perfect, righteous. What God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. You, with your arm, rescued your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. Does that sound good? He's calling to mind what he knows to be true about God and what God has done, and hopefully this is, this impact. This impacts his heart and mind. We have all, we we keep circling back to this, I know, but this is the context of of needing to learn to lament. We have all endured, or we all are currently enduring, various trials of many kinds. James chapter 1 uses this expression of of, uh, enduring various trials of many kinds. But here's what I want to suggest, church family, catch this. That verse says that we count those trials joy. And what I'm going to suggest is, before we can count it all joy, we all are enduring various trials of many kinds. And I'm not going to jump to the count it joy yet. I'm going to give us permission, I think God gives us permission, to first, before we can count it all joy, learn to lament. To see what he has for us. To not just do what we've always done but to see what he wants to do. To not just repeat our mistakes, but to see what he wants to change in us, right? So we want to keep remembering to turn. So I'm hopeful that this, um, this four weeks, today and three more Sundays, I'm hopeful that this is an opportunity for us to um, really dig in. You can come on Sunday mornings and you can get what God gives to you uh, through this topic on Sunday mornings, or if you're able to, I've got some thoughts, I've got some suggestions, I just want to encourage you to take it further. If this is something that could help us learn to trust God no matter what circumstances, uh, I want to give you some resources where you can take this further, where you can read more, where you can study more, Uh, things that I think will really make this topic more rich for you as we study it. Uh, and so I will just say this. There is, um, in the news and updates section of the Church Center app and the news updates section of the church website, um, you will find some resources. I'll put that on the screen, the, the, the website, and the, um, where to find these resources I'm about to explain. Okay? Um, these resources include uh, a link to buy the book that I'm referring to on Amazon, if you'd like. The, uh, the, uh, the resources I listed there on the website include... Um, uh, those of you that listen to podcasts, there's an episode of a podcast that you might want to check out. Uh, those of you that use the Bible app for your daily Bible study, there's a reading plan that goes along with Mark Vrogup's book. Um, so all these are on the website. If you go to the news update section, you'll see a list of resources for this series. And I uh, encourage you to check those out. Here's two specific encouragement, challenges, invitations to you to take this a little further. I would love to see our church family join together starting today, starting tomorrow. And would it, I think it would be so cool if all of us would read one psalm per day. That's only going to be a few months and you'll be through all the psalms. One psalm a day is not a ton, except when you get to Psalm 119. <laughs> one psalm a day is not, not tough. So if, if, if you don't have a... Uh, habit already of reading your Bible every day, this is a great opportunity with something simple you can jump in on and join our church family. Let's read one psalm per day. Start at number one, read them all. Only one-third of them are laments, but it's okay. Just read one per day, and as you start thinking about turn, complain, ask, trust, I think you'll start to notice those components in the lament prayers, and I think that reading a psalm a day as a church family would really make this experience uh, that much richer, for us. So I encourage you to do that. And the other thing I'll mention is on that website, news updates section, uh, another one of the resources I put there is a list of reflection questions. And so this would be a great, something that you could chip away at in the next few days in your own time with God uh, individually. You could look at these reflection questions, and I think it would really help us take it from here down a little deeper into what God wants us to learn is take some time with these reflection questions. And if you are meeting um, with others at this time, if your life group is meeting, or if you have a DNA group, a small group of just men or just women that you meet with, this would be a great topic that you could use those times for together if you'd like as well. Uh, So find those reflection questions on the website and utilize those. Sound good? Everybody knows where to find those? Everybody's got the Church Center app? Get the Church Center app. If you've got a smartphone, we'd love you to have the Church Center app. It's going to be useful. And, and or if you don't, you can go to the website and click on news and updates for all that stuff. Okay, so learning to lament. Today's component is what? Turn. Turn. Keep turning to God. Keep going to Him. Uh, and, and here's where we're going to finish. Psalm 77 is also a model for us. We've, also, we've already said that it helps. It invites us to pray our struggles pray our questions, and now Psalm 77 is an example model for us that we should pray the gospel, pray the good news. Here in the Old Testament portion of our Bible, here in this psalm, celebrating the good news of God uh, looks like recounting how God rescues his people, calls them out of slavery in Egypt and, and eventually into the promised land. Okay, look at verses 19 and 20. This is how the psalmist is preaching the gospel, the good news to himself. Verse 19, your way, God, was through the sea. He parted the sea so that his people could be free. He says, your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters, yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. So this is the psalmist recounting the good news of what God has done. And in the New Testament, for, in the New Testament, for us as a church family, what it looks like for us to preach the gospel to one another, what it looks like for us in our lament psalms to pray the gospel is the fact that the gospel is the good news, that God rescues sinners like you and me through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. We go back to it and back to it and back to it. We recount the good news of what God has done because Jesus was lived a life without sin that you and I cannot live, that he died the death you and I deserve, and that he was raised again to new life, meaning that we too, can have new life. The gospel is the good news that God rescues sinners through Jesus. And so even greater than what the psalmist got to recount, even greater of the psalmist preaching the gospel to himself of remembering the exodus and the parting of the waters and being delivered out of slavery and into the promised land, even greater than that is the fact that God, through his son on the cross, made a way for you and I to be in relationship with a perfect and loving and holy God that we got what we don't deserve, that we don't get what we do deserve. That's good news. And it's because of Jesus on the cross. And so we preach that to ourselves. We preach that to each other in the midst of our pain. And as we learn to lament, we learn to pray the gospel. And and if you are living without Jesus, Faith Church wants you to know that Jesus is the way the truth, and the life. And I mean the life now, in the midst of the pain, with him, being transformed from the inside out. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life now. And yes, he's life forever. So if you are not a follower of Jesus, receive God's free gift of salvation now by putting your trust in Jesus Christ. It doesn't take certain words You don't have to be an expert at prayer. You call out to God and go, I can't do this on my own. Jesus, you saved me. Jesus, I need you. Come and lead my life. Do that. Become a follower of Jesus and find life in him. Father God, we are so thankful, Heavenly Father, that you are a God who loves, who comes near to us, who doesn't stand afar Hold us at arm's length and wish we were better, but you are a God who pursues and comes after us and who has rescued us through the cross of Christ. Father, this morning we want to ask you to teach us to turn to you. Teach us to turn to you. We do sometimes. But God, teach us to turn to you again and again and again. Father, we pray that your grace working in our lives. We know that your grace has brought us salvation. For those that are in Christ, for those that have become followers of Jesus, we thank you for your grace that has brought us salvation. And we thank you for your grace that has brought about changing us and transforming us to be more like Christ. But we also, God, pray this morning that your grace would would abound to us such that you would enable us, help us to keep running to you no matter the circumstances that we would run to you again and again and again, that we would remember the first aspect of lament is to keep coming, to keep turning, to keep choosing to seek you, God. Thank you for this opportunity today and in the coming Sundays as a church family and in our own times of study and reading God's word. God, thanks for this opportunity of learning lament. Would you teach us how to pray prayers from our pain that lead us to trust. And as we do that, as we see these prayers modeled for us in scripture and as we learn to pray them ourselves, God, I pray that these would be expressions of our belief and that they would, that they would comfort and confirm our faith, that no matter what we're experiencing, that we would not be surprised by the brokenness of this world Because of the presence of sin, things are not as they should be. And instead, would you help us to keep turning to you, no matter what. So now we want to worship you, Lord, out of thankfulness for your goodness to us. We want to give our gifts generously because everything we have is from you. We want to lift our voices loudly and boldly and excitedly, rejoicing together as a church family because of your goodness to us. We worship you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.